This episode is dedicated to the boys who lurk in the shadows, ready to prey on any girl who's alone for a minute too long, and is too nice to say, go away. This is to the boys who think it's their right to harass complete strangers, because their compliments are something these girls should be flattered by. (laughs) Just kidding. This is the second episode of 4 Out of 4, a podcast about sexual assault and harassment on college campuses. So after last episode, where if you weren't listening or you were and just needed a refresher, my three friends who gave me the idea for this podcast told us their stories. So from thinking, I realized that there's three major categories that we can group most, obviously not all, sexual assaults. It seems like party culture is a reoccurring issue, but so are relationships. Then there's this third facet of this ongoing issue, a strange area that involves complete strangers and it's hard to define. Let's call this facet the times when you're just minding your own fucking business and creeps refuse to leave you alone. Or, to make it easier, strange danger. I hope you join me as me and my guests talk about these creepy strangers. Today, I'm here with Malia and Mike Hunt to talk about these issues. I wanted to ease this podcast with this topic because, although fucked up, definitely happens less than it does with people you know. But before we get into that, I need to make a correction. As I was saying the email address for this podcast last episode, I realized it was kind of confusing. So let me clarify. Our email is 4 out of 4 podcast at gmail.com, with the 4 being the digit, not the word spelled out. Sorry, that's a little confusing and vague. As usual, this is a free-flowing conversation amongst friends, so I'm sorry if things get a bit sporadic. We are college students. Enjoy! Hello, this is Sophia and Sarah with 4 and 4. So today I have your favorite and not mine, <laughs> Michael Hunt. Hello, Mike. Hi, everyone. <laughs> Thanks for joining us again this week. And uh, we have a new all-star, Malia. Hello. Hello. So here we go. So last time we kind of talked about some problem areas that um, I've noticed just from like talking to people, my own experiences, and the survey I sent out, which we will also get into a little bit later. So one of the problem areas we had was kind of just like those times when you're minding your own business. Uh, yeah. So this is, I'm going to start with this one just because I think most sexual harassment and assault things happen, do indeed happen from people you know. But the times when they happen from people you don't know, they're like more often than not times that like you really have no control over how you're going to react to the situation. And like you have to just kind of the situation you're in puts you in a weird position. So yeah, we're going to talk about that. In my notes, I called it stranger danger. (laughs) So (laughs) uh, that's pretty much what we're talking about today. Uh, So let me talk about the survey a little bit more. So in an effort to get more stories just like than my own friends and like I did this because I hang out with a I would say majority of my friends are liberal um you know like feminists like very uh woke (laughs) in regards to like 
sexual assault and harassment. So I just figured like a survey would be good because I'd get more people, uh, especially people that like I don't really know and I don't really talk to. And also just the idea of providing an anonymous way for people to tell me their stories because like I I understand like how it would be hard to talk to a complete stranger about these kinds of things and like it's cool for the women that have done that. But I also get like a lot of people don't want to do that. So I figured like let's let's give like another avenue and maybe it will get more responses. So I did that survey. Um, 51 people responded, which was lit a lot more than I expected for sure. Um, so in total, they had 15 colleges that were included um, and I'll list them off really quickly. So UNL, which we go to. Western Washington University, Union College, University of Wisconsin, KU, Oklahoma, um, University of Minnesota with Twin Cities, Minnesota State University, Mankato, I don't know if I said that right, uh, Pasadena City College, Texas A&M, UNO, Western Carolina University, Embry-Riddle Aeronautical University, and Redford and Auburn. Um, So definitely a Midwestern slant. However... I would say that that's maybe, like, bias-wise, maybe not the worst thing, just because, like, the middle of the United States, I think, is a lot less extreme than, like, either of the coasts, if that makes sense. Maybe that does not make sense to anyone but me, but I feel like it's a decent representation. Granted, these are all people that I know directly, or they're, they're like, friends of friends, or maybe friends of friends of friends, so take that as you will. 8.3 8.3 of the respondents were freshmen, 8.3 were sophomores, 20.8% were juniors, 37.5% were seniors, and 25% of the people who responded already graduated. So yeah, those that's like the general, I guess, outline of all the people. And then the survey just kind of asked various questions like, do you feel unsafe on campus? If so, explain why. Do you feel unsafe off campus? Explain why. Um, and, like, throughout the series, we'll go more into, like, depth on questions and answers, starting today, actually, which will be lit. So, all that aside, I'm going to talk about what people from the survey said in regards to stranger danger, and then we'll talk about Malia's own experiences, because I think her experiences align pretty directly with today's topic, which you will see later. So, right now, let's talk some... Hard facts. So the so rain.org estimates that 19.5% of rapes are by strangers. I couldn't really find any hard numbers on sexual harassment or like other t- types of sexual assault, which makes sense because I think like especially when it's by a stranger, it's like difficult to get like to talk about it just because like the circumstances are sometimes really weird which we'll get into. And similarly, the U.S. Department of Justice said that in 2010, 25% of the female victims of rape or sexual assault were victimized by strangers. And that's from their National Sex Offender Public website. So yeah, so it's definitely not as much as people you know, which is kind of comforting because I feel like in the news, you know, a lot of the times you hear like, woman jogging got tackled by three men who knows who they are you know and like uh but really like it it does happen for sure but not often in as extreme of circumstances so yeah so let's go through the survey so i asked people how like 
did you feel unsafe on campus? Like while you're walking around on campus, you know, like your day-to-day things. And 56, wow, I cannot talk. 56.3% of people said, yes, I feel unsafe on campus. So I'm going to go through a list of what they said, because some of them are interesting and we'll kind of talk about them and all the problems that come along with that. So one of the major things that came up was catcalling on campus, especially during the night. Which is fair, especially during the weekends, is bad. Like, I avoid, like, some areas of Greek row. To explain UNL's campus layout, all of our campus is pretty centralized. Like, you can get anywhere within, like, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, like, at the most. Like, one side of campus to another. All the classes are pretty, like, centralized. But, like, I would say around the main campus, like, almost in kind of an L. Like, a, a backwards L, like, if you're facing... I don't know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> kind of. Greek row is on a street and a half or so. Yeah, it like. I'd say like campus. the the bottom like southeast corner of campus. There's two or three blocks of Greek houses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like two long streets. That's where like all the Greek houses are, and they're separated. It's so, like on one side of the street almost all the time. One side of the street is frats. The other side is sororities probably like what 15 to 20 houses mm-hmm. or more even there's probably i would say there's more i just don't know I how many 15 sororities plus however many frats there are yeah um yeah and there's more yeah it's definitely it's kind of like i would say like a weird gate around our campus is like you have to get through yeah. all of greek life and there's one part of campus is it like the northmost part like this part right here our street is what i guess i could say the streets yeah yeah i'd say like now that i'm thinking of it greek row stretches up to like all the way the north side of campus just just about yeah Yeah. just about all the way north it goes all the way south it covers the whole east side of campus yeah so like yeah anytime you're on yeah you just about can't walk to a parking garage without passing some sort of yeah um and some of the frats here have like balconies that like yeah. they can i i don't know they'll just like hang out there like yeah sit in their yards yeah um it's weird like it's it's uncomfortable sometimes walking at night and sometimes like they definitely say things that aren't okay i'm gonna send an email to one fret in particular and we'll go more into depth on that and their responses later but yeah so catcalling pr- pretty regular especially considering like any point you're trying to do anything. I think a good example of that is the Women's March two years ago. Yeah. Mm. One of the fraternities got in trouble for shouting stuff at protesters. Yeah. yeah. Were you there for that? Mm-mm. I was, yeah, this was um, just a fraternity right along the route of the Women's March. And the very first Women's March, too. <laughs> like, yeah, so the most all, politically charged, yeah. angry point in time I think. No, and we were all feeling, like, super empowered and just, like, having a good time. And this one fraternity had a Trump um, poster, poster flag out, which yeah. is, one, wrong because rats can't be politically affiliated, but, two, they were shouting, no means yes, no means yeah. yes. Yeah. Um, so that was, that was difficult to hear. And then not just that fraternity, but there was another fraternity that all the men were just standing outside. They weren't saying anything. But they're just kind of, they're nonverbal. It's just to not look super, yeah, I don't know. Intimidating. Yeah. Yeah. So it was just, yeah, it was definitely intimidating to walk by that on a day when you're supposed to feel so, so empowered. And, like, safe. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, this is our campus, too. Like, 
this isn't isn't just about them. So yeah, so that that was one thing that came up a lot. (laughs) Um, So let me read some of the other ones. It's a public campus, so anyone could be there. And there have been instances of strange old men wandering areas like Greek Row and peeping through sorority windows. There are many dimly lit areas, like near parking garages or over by Architecture Hall. So to give that context, Architecture Hall is just kind of like further away from campus and like almost like... It's in a big green area. Yeah. There's a lot of open space around. And there's like really nothing else yeah, by that of, area. Like, it's, it's, it's in its own corner of campus. Yeah. It's the only thing out there. And really isn't that lit (laughs) like not like lit lit but like light lit (laughs) so um and i know like um our student government does a safety walk every year um and they report the parts of campus that are dark and so they've added some lights for example over by one of the parking garages 17th and r but like the change on that is just like the turnaround on that is so slow yeah to get the funding for the lights and have good reasoning and blah 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 which is yeah. ridiculous yeah it's just, you have to like come up with an argument for why there should why be lights on lights, campus yeah. also so our school used to have like these big blue kind of like pillar things mm-hmm. and they were for emergencies so like if you're on campus anywhere and like let's say in the dark of the night a stranger comes upon you and attacks you and you pull them away you're shaking you're screaming you're running you're clawing <laughs> You get to this booth, you press the button, the police come. Uh, That's the idea behind them. They got rid of them, though, because they said no one was really using them. I know the University of Kansas had those my whole childhood growing up. Hmm. I think they're still there. Yeah, I I actually talked to, there was a, it was like a stop and have coffee with a cop day, like coffee with a cop day. So I talked to one of the police officers about this once. I said, why did you get rid of them? Like, isn't that kind of a safety thing? And they said that since everyone has cell phones now, that, like, no one was using them. But like, mm. I still think, like, I mean, maybe they steal your phone or maybe you don't have enough time to pull your phone out or you're just too frightened to type the number of the police. Like, Yeah. Yeah, that's weird reasoning that, like, oh, they have, like, phones are a big enough safety precaution. We don't need to give them as many options as possible. Who cares if your phone is dead or if you just don't have it? That's also, like, to me, like, you live in a small, small small-ass town. There's no crime ever. Would you get rid of the police force? Probably not, even if they don't have anything to do. They cost a lot of money to maintain. I mean, they were already there. Even if they do, like, oh, darn, you're keeping your students a little safer. Oh, darn it. Uh. What a shame. <laughs> Those damn women. A waste of money. Who cares about us women? <laughs> so, so yeah, kind of problematic. Also, like, uh, so we have two campuses. One is called City Campuses and one is called East Campus. So City Campus is the one we've been referring to, like the one with all the Greek houses. East Campus is, like, um, like 10 minutes away maybe in car. And that's, like, more for, like, agricultural like animal animal science like like different kind of sciences mostly like related to agriculture are over on east campus and like eh, that place is dark (laughs) it's it's kind of um that campus is more spread out and like they have like the law school is over there and like different huge buildings but like you definitely can't walk around there and even if you wanted to like there's no way you would be able to see at night like it's just so much just like open Yeah, which is kind of creepy. Okay, so the next thing said, where I live, there isn't a lot of crime, but our school sends out emails and texts called Western Alerts. 
which is when an incident regarding our safety has occurred and the police are called. Usually it's this guy that's a peeping Tom. He hasn't been found. She's like, what? (laughs) This happens so much. Um, He hasn't been found, but he's going around the whole town looking into women's rooms and taking photos. I live on the main floor and I'm always terrified he'll come to my window. There have also been a few uh, reports of rape on campus, but names are never released. Although the alerts are meant to keep us safe, it makes me feel less safe because I know there are men attending my college just waiting to take advantage of another girl. So UNL kind of does something similar. Like, we get reports at least once a week of, like, gas leak in this building. (laughs) This is what we're actually talking about today. (laughs) So, yeah, shit shit ton of gas leaks for whatever reason. Random car fires. (laughs) Oh, yeah. A few of those. (laughs) Which is wild. I forgot that that happened. Yeah. This place is wild. Nebraska's crazy, man. Um, What else are you going to do? (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Oh, I wonder if it was arson. Plot <laughs> twist. <laughs> New podcast. So, the, only, I think, once my entire time here, in all four years, they've told us that there was, like, some sexual assault. I don't remember if it was a rape exactly. I think I've seen at least one notification of a fondling. Oh. One or two of those. Interesting. I I feel like I got a text on the system, I think it was this school year at the beginning of the year, that there was, again, I don't remember if it was a rape or sexual assault, but... Yeah, so there was one, and I remember um, this one boy on Twitter brought up a very interesting point. Like, UNL has never done... Like, I've really never seen ever being them being like, there's this dude who raped a girl on campus, although it happens fairly often. Um, especially, like, within the Greek system. But this one time, the dude happened to be black. I and yeah. yeah. And, um, which is problematic in so many ways. Like, if you're going to report one sexual assault or rape, you should report all of them, especially, like, disregarding, like, their, their color of their skin. Um... So that was interesting. I, I just think that was a weird disparity between how they've been handling things and, like, all of a sudden, like, this one time they're like, ah, oh, the student's too dangerous. Like, that's bullshit. Especially on, like, a predominantly white campus. Yeah. Yeah, incredibly predominantly white. Like, there's, like, I don't even know the stats. It's so so white over here. Yeah. <laughs> this, this is so, like Mike uh, talked about last week, if you didn't listen... Uh, Mike here has had several experiences of, like, classmates following her from class, <laughs> like, just to talk to her or, like, text her a bunch or find her on social media. So, similarly, this uh, person responded, I had an experience being harassed by a guy in one of my classes. He wouldn't leave me alone and would DM me on many social media platforms asking me to hang out with him, as well as following me home from class and enjoying activities I am in. Which is, like, gross in itself, because that means he's, like, purposefully, like, figuring out what she's, like, doing. Like, how much digging did he have to do to Uh, figure that out, you know? Too much. Where are you going to be on a Friday night? I already know. (laughs) (laughs) And then this next one, I've seen too many fraternity men or non-Greek men sexually assault women at parties off campus. And knowing that they walk around, walk around me on campus, especially at night when I'm alone, is unsettling. Also, that they're, like, worshipped on campus. Yeah. Icky. Icky. 
you ain't shit, guys. Just remember that. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> but also not. Some of, some of you ain't shit. The rest of you, yeah. Like 80% of you ain't shit. Yeah. <laughs> maybe less, maybe even more than that. Um, and then once again, lots of catcalling and gross uh, comments from people driving by, and particularly boys outside their frat houses. And then my favorite response is, because men are dogs. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> um, so then, let's talk about off-campus. So interestingly, 50% of people said that they felt unsafe off campus um which is which i'm saying interestingly because if you remember what i just said earlier 56.3 percent said that they were they felt unsafe on campus so this means that people at least people that responded to my survey feel more safe off campus where we do not have control over anything we do not have a university system to go back to feel more feel safe so yeah um, so yeah, the first person responded said, yes, I feel unsafe off campus, but oddly enough, probably less often than when I am on campus, which is concerning. Um, so sh- sh- this next person said, I work on campus and sometimes I get off when it's already dark. Parking on campus is ridiculous. So I always walk. It's about a tw- 15 to 20 minute walk home. And I have to walk through a forested area with a- only one trail that's about half a mile long. And if someone else were on that trail threatening me, the only exit would be down an extremely steep, wet hill with lots of trees. What the hell? <laughs> there has been a report of a, of homeless people living in that forest, in one case where a homeless man pulled a knife on someone walking that trail. Also, a lot of students at my school are stoners, and they go into the forest to smoke. Into the forest and through Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I've had people warn me not to walk there at night because of men lurking there, but I've never had tried. I've, I've never had someone to try and hurt me, but I'm always terrified it'll happen. Okay, who, if you, whoever you are, if you are listening, do not walk there anymore. Yeah, please skip class. Email your professor. <laughs> be like, I decided I would rather not risk my safety today. Oh. I'll turn in my work later. Peace. Um. Or at the very least, carry mace or something with you. Do please do something. I'll have a whole fight about mace later. Oh, oh, hot take. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the next one was men at bars don't know what consent is, drunk or sober. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they do know. I think they just don't. They care. just don't care. Um, and then have been followed to my car by a drunk man. So drunk men, especially, are the scariest. Our campus is like right by our downtown area. Like you walk one block and you're at the like hot spot of the bars uh for college students at least and everywhere else like is walkable like we're maybe like a five ten minute walk from like our haymarket area which is like our nice like restaurant like adult bars area so especially during the summer there's like a lot of gross drunk men like lingering about screeching nonsense okay so then um, I also asked a question about if people felt unsafe around um, faculty members or, like, instances on campus, like, specific instances on campus where they felt unsafe. So here are those responses. So the first one is, uh, I'm naturally a paranoid, anxious person, and I'm constantly overthinking and overanalyzing situations. Relatable. <laughs> uh, therefore, I tend to feel uncomfortable with a male professor or staff member 
doing something simple like shutting the door while I'm visiting him alone in his office. Most of the doors at our school are heavy and thick with no windows. They're almost soundproof. I always sit near the door or in a position where I can easily run out in case that male attempts to take advantage of me. Which is fucked up <laughs> that, like, in order to, like, go to office hours, which is, like, a normal thing that college students should and, like, should do and, like, should want to look forward to, like, you you can think about, you have to think about these yeah. things. Yeah, it's just, like, and men never have to think about that. Like, I wonder mm-hmm. how many women, I mean, I'm sure all women have thought about that at some point. Like, are they going to get trapped in a situation like that and decided that they don't want to go to office hours? Therefore, getting a worse grade on a test or not getting clarification on an assignment, which ultimately, like, ends up hurting their grade and their education. Yeah. So it's like, men don't have to deal with that. Yeah, and, like, I... Yeah. I I really wonder, like, there have been instances where a professor has rubbed me the wrong way. Either, like, like I'm just getting, like, a weird vibe or, like, it's, like, a weird flirty vibe. And then, like, I am, like, no fucking way am I going to ever be around you. But then I'm sure, like, with dudes, it's, like, an, you know, it's, like, a, oh, hey. Like, do guys feel unsafe going to their females? Like, Duh, their yeah. female or their women professors' office hours? Like, I doubt it. Yeah. Can I share a story really fast? <laughs> yes. So, quick story. This was my freshman year at the University of Kansas. I was, I had taken a math class, the, and we were right at the end of the semester. I think I was done with the course, and I was out at a bar with one of my friends. I was decently inebriated, <laughs> and I'm standing by a pool table, and this man comes over and starts talking to me, and I'm drunk enough that I know I recognize this guy, but I can't place him, and I'm also not paying that much attention. He starts kind of coming on to me, and I look at him, and I realize, oh, my God, that is my math teacher. (laughs) He's hitting on me at the bar right now. Romantic. Uh, I ran away to my friend and hid behind her for the rest of the night. It was such an uncomfortable feeling. I was (laughs) at this man who had just taught me for a whole semester uh was probably looking at me in some type of way during class enough to the point that he felt comfortable coming up to me and trying to hit on me i know uh hashtag tas are students too just kidding that is not a movement that is not i don't think that's a thing um but like i feel it makes me weirded out like when when I see a TA, like, on, uh, like, Tinder or something, or, like, if, like, I've heard, like, some of my friends, I've heard, like, they've matched with their uh, TAs on something. Yeah. And, like, that's weird to me, because, like, this TA has, like, seen you every yeah, day. Different yeah. Yeah. And, like, it's a different, like, little power dynamic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just makes it weird and Even not just, cool. like, seeing them at the bars. Yeah. It's just, like... They're, like, my age, like, they're a student, but, like, this is a weird dynamic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, like, and you don't I really know them. Yeah. I think it was especially weird in that situation, too, because I was a freshman, and this person was obviously at least a year or two into grad school, and Ugh. it was still a weird age <laughs> difference at that time. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, and this next one is also talking about professors, so he took a special interest in me, always asked if I would come to his office, seemed to know my schedule and showed up wherever I was on campus. I felt as if he was following me to an extent. I remember him asking what dorm I lived in as I was a freshman at the time, and I made up a story about how I was moving dorms, but I didn't know where I'd be yet. Which, 
which is problematic in like so many ways. Icky. Yeah. Um. If if any dude, does, instead of asking you what your schedule is, like figures it out ahead of time, run. Red flag. Big bright even, red flag. Even if he asks your asks for your schedule and you like don't know him that well. Yeah. That's like a weird thing to ask. For. Even like my close guy friends, if they ask me for my schedule, I'd be like. Why? Yeah. yeah. What do you, you know, want? Like, no one should need your schedule. Yeah. You know, except yeah. maybe like your roommate who needs to, like know where you are in case you don't come home or something. Yeah. That's yeah. just funky. Yeah. yeah it's, really funky. it's icky. Um, and then I've been groped many times on public transport. And then similarly, um, a lot, a, a lot of people mention that they've been dr- like groped by men at bars, um, which kind of goes back to what we talked about last time. Um. So UNL's, like, uh, fire and safety report claims that uh, within the past, with, from 2014 to 2016, there was one, only one instance of, uh, what was it called? Fondling. Yeah, fondling. Uh, off campus. One. Bullshit. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> which I think is important to note because, like, yeah, it's reported, but also then, like, they shouldn't be having... They shouldn't put these statistics out there at all if they're not going to do an accurate job of f- figuring out the truth. Yeah. It makes our campus seem ten times more safe than it is. Yeah. And, like, you can say, like, well, no one reports them all you want, but, like, the matter of the fact is they're using these statistics to, like, make our school seem a lot safer than it is and, like, make the area seem as safe as, like, as safe as possible. And, like, I definitely agree with the fact that Lincoln is probably significantly safer than the majority of cities uh in the united states but like it's not some haven where nothing bad happens that's just unrealistic and yeah it's not a place you can go and like realize you can drop all precautions and be perfectly fine Mm -mm. that's irresponsible yeah so (laughs) this next one is this next one is like one of the more extreme cases um I was sexually assaulted by two men I had never met after they drugged me and practically practically abducted me. I, I cannot believe that that can happen. Like, that's so scary. You know, like, I feel like when I hear of, like, child abductions, like, although it's horrific, I'm, like, it's easier to understand in my brain because, like, children are so small and, like, so easy to influence. Like, you just, like, are, like... Hey Bobby, here's an ice cream cone, and he's like, "Oh yeah, fuck and yeah." Small, so you can like physically, yeah. Like, take them too. But then it's scary that like women our age, like our stature, as it like you know, like in the same world as us, can just be snatched out of nowhere. I've heard a good handful of stories over the past couple years of girls in like the Walmart parking lot here, yeah. or walking home from work downtown, having people attempt. To abduct them, like mm. physically grabbing them. Yeah. So, um, if you're not from the Midwest, uh, you probably wouldn't know this. I don't. I guess I don't know really what people who are listening do or don't know. But so the highway near us is called I-80, and it is like one of like the biggest, biggest hotspots like in the world for sex trafficking. Like Lincoln and Omaha are pretty notorious in the sex trafficking world. So throughout. Last year, especially, it happened, I think, the most, if yeah. I remember correctly. Um, like, there were girls, like, in my sorority that would be, like, I almost got snatched from Walmart, like, be careful, you know, like, make sure you're watching 
who's around you and like anytime i go to a parking lot now i like look around Mm -hmm. yeah it's (laughs) like i always look especially when i'm at this one walmart where it always happens i'm super careful but like especially since i learned that we're such a hot spot for human trafficking um and abductions in general like whenever i get in my car like i always like look in the trunk and i look in the back seat (laughs) yeah sure no one's just laying there yeah to do something to me, you know, and I shouldn't have to think about that. I am constantly so sketchy. Like, anytime I see a dude staring at me in the parking lot, I, like, glare him down yeah. until he looks away. Because I just... Gotta get your bitch face on, and you've gotta get your keys between your fingers. Yeah. And so, it's interesting, because, like, sometimes, like, the fact that, like, it was two men, I feel like... I don't, I don't really know if I would leave my guard up or my guard down you know because like one person like one stranger i'm always incredibly wary of i'm like this is one person that could fuck me up but if i see like two dudes i'm just like oh these are like two friends like i'm still kind of intimidated because it is still two men that i don't know but it's like almost like if you have someone else with you it's almost like a camouflage something to be doing like you're not just lurking like around like you're hanging out or, or something. Yeah. yeah. Also, um, like I went to a seminar on sex trafficking once and they work in teams. Like a lot of times they have two men um, and they have a woman that comes up to you in a parking lot, asks you a question or asks for help with this. And then while you're distracted, two men come up and grab you. you that know? is terrifying. So like it may seem less of like a, a thing that it's two guys. Maybe they're doing whatever, but... Could be teamwork. Uh, moral of the story, be afraid of everyone yeah. <laughs> around you. Um, okay, so this next one is, there's a man who usually cleans the kitchen during closing hours at the restaurant I, restaurant I work at. Sometimes he makes comments asking if I'm still with my boyfriend and if I've given it to him. Oh. He continues to ask me when I'll break up with him. Prior to dating my boyfriend, he would sometimes try to get close to me when no one is looking um, and tells me, he, and he would tell me he loves me, going even further to ask if I loved him back. Oh. I try very hard now to stay away from him and not be alone with him. If anything, I tend to uh, ignore him to prevent him from making any comments. Which is gross. Like, I, I hate that, especially, like, when you're in your place of work, you just, like, it's easier to ignore someone than to say anything. Yeah. And that they're that persistent that you have to actually stop responding and just pretend that you can't hear them. Yeah. That's just a, an unnecessary stress, especially uh. when you're just trying to work. And it's somewhere where you, like, have to be because you have to make money. You, like, yeah. yeah. It's like you have a choice. And it's not always easy to tell a supervisor something like that. And also, like, they might not give a shit. Like, they might just be like, okay, we're going to get more tips. I don't know what your issue is. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I was, um... I used to be a lifeguard, and I remember girls would get harassed all the time, and it wasn't something we wanted to go to our superior and say, this is happening to me, like, explain the uncomfortable personal thing that's happening so that someone would do something about it. Like, you just ignore it. This especially if your supervisor is a dude. Yeah. Like, it makes it so much more awkward. Yeah. Um, I went to a club with a new coworker and a group of her friends, none of whom I knew whatsoever. I believed I was drugged at some point of the night, my coworker left me with this group of strangers, and I woke up the next day completely naked in a bed next to a fully clothed man with no recollection of my night. After asking and being lied to several times, the man uh, admitted to us having sex and claimed it was totally consensual. Videos of him carrying my limp body into the car the night before 
Tell me it was not. Um, there are some people that I am friends with that, like, I purposefully avoid going out with because I cannot handle them. But I would never leave someone with a group of complete strangers. Yeah. Like, that is a whole other level of being a piece of shit. Being a, an apathetic careless piece of shit like that is so fucked up it also says something about you that you can recognize that like something might happen to them because i feel like a lot of girl groups or whatever gender groups that go out might think oh like she's fine like she'll have fun with them or like she's making new friends like oh that guy was super into her Mm -hmm. instead of recognizing that like most likely that's a super dangerous situation yeah like and uh i get like the party culture like i need to bring someone home with me but like Or, like, I want to go home with someone. But I really do think, like, when you're with your friends, you need to to be conscientious of, like, each other's boundaries. Like, you need to know, like, with Mike and with Malia, like, if I'm out with them, I know when they are too drunk to be going home with someone or to bring someone back. And, like, you have to – it's, like, awkward sometimes, like, to tell your friends, like, I don't think you should bring this person home. But I also feel like it's worth it. It's worth it. Yeah, it's worth that one awkward second of, and then like them in the morning being like, "Oh, I was blacked out. Like that was actually a good call." Yeah, or like setting boundaries <clears throat> before you go out. Like mm-hmm. I know with all my friends, like this is like if they're doing this, that means that they're too drunk, and I should, you know, walk them to the bathroom or leave. Yeah, you know? and I, I keep thinking about like freshman year because I feel like I we were all so much more willing to like go home with a complete stranger but like but now i'm like no fucking way if anything you're gonna come to my place otherwise this isn't gonna happen like there's no way i'm gonna like i used to go to so many random dudes houses and now i'm like i could have been murdered yeah so many times okay so this next one i'm not sure if this could be considered uh as harassment slash assault but one time at spring break in a club this drunk guy started talking to me while the two girls I was with were preoccupied with his friend. I kept the conversation short, but before I knew it, this drunk guy started shoving his tongue down my throat. I pushed him off and said no, but my no only worked temporarily because he got me alone and tried it again. Eventually, I got one of the girls to pay attention to me, and she helped me keep him away for the rest of the night. When I told uh, the story to people I knew, I caught myself making excuses for this guy. He was sloppy drunk. He was respectful enough to stop when I said no. But the problem was that his actions weren't excused. He shouldn't have been forcing any kind of advancements on me, regardless of how drunk he was. So here, I'm going to... This is like UNL's official policy on sexual assault, and specifically sexual harassment. Any unwanted conduct of of a sexual nature, whether verbal, physical, written, or pictorial which has the purpose or effect of creating a hostile environment for the person subjected to the conduct or any solicitation of sexual conduct of any nature when submission to or rejection of such contact is used as the basis for either implicitly or explicitly imposing favorable or... Okay, this is, like, ridiculous. I I don't even know what this is saying anymore. (laughs) Pretty much um, has to be a hostile... It's creating a hostile environment... If someone says no, express, exp, uh, what's the word? Explicitly? Ex- Expressly? Accept that. Wow. <laughs> 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 wow. Um, 
Okay, that was awkward. Um, <laughs> you got there. And will not be condoned or tolerated. Moreover, sexual conduct, including stalking, dating, okay, is prohibited. Not dating, it's prohibited. <laughs> no dating on you and else. I think it's really interesting that she, I'm assuming it's a she. Uh, maybe I shouldn't assume that. This person said, I'm not sure if this could be considered as harassment or assault. Dude, you did not want that. Like, you yeah. said no, and he tried it again. Like, that is, by definition, sexual harassment. Actually, like, assault. Yeah, if you have to, like, think, like, oh, is it? Like, it probably is. Yeah. Like, you know? If, yeah, if you're, like, if you're listening to this right now and you're thinking, like, was that one time? Yes. <laughs> the yes, answer, the is, answer yes. is yes. I feel like he or she... Or they, like, felt bad for that person, too. Like, that we always try to protect them. Yeah. Like, we're taught to, like, protect the person that harasses us so we don't ruin their lives or make them feel bad or something. Yeah. Because, like, oh, he was drunk. He doesn't remember. Yeah. Like, that's fucked up, too. Like, did, we shouldn't protect them. Did you shove your tongue down someone's throat while you're really drunk? Probably not. And this last one is, I've been harassed by strangers and also been pulled onto a man's lap and he kissed me at a party... Uh, when I didn't want to, but I was drunk. So, this one, <clears throat> the next set are people are um, students talking about other students on campus. Now, I think this is the most interesting thing because, you know, campus is for everyone. Like, campus isn't just for, like, I don't, I don't want to say like all guys should be like afraid and aware of how they're treating girls, but I, I do think like it's important to recognize. Campus is for everyone. Like, everybody should feel safe and comfortable. And just because you see a pretty girl on campus um, does not mean you have the right to pursue them endlessly. I, I think reading social cues is really important, and I honestly do think especially other students should be forced to take at least one women and gender studies class. Yeah. Just because it blows my mind how some guys, for example, like, things happen to you, Mike, I'm sure these guys are thinking, I'm making this big romantic gesture. I'm making this big effort to show this girl how into her I am and how how much I'm willing to do for her. It's gross. Like, it's gross when you have to force yourself on someone and it's gross when someone says no and it's gross when you don't stop. Like, asking someone out on a date doesn't have to be weird. You don't have to make it, like, this traumatic experience. Well, especially when someone's in a learning environment, obviously trying to accomplish something. It's just so interesting to me that growing up, girls are told, like, don't wear spaghetti straps to school, otherwise you're going to be sent home because you don't want to distract the boys with that exposed shoulder. And then somehow we're taught that while boys are never taught, like, oh, I shouldn't interrupt this girl in the middle of the class lecture she's listening to to try to sit with her and chat with her in the middle of class. Yeah. Like, that is so bizarre to me. It's also the idea of, like, I don't know, like, I, if I see this dude in a class and I'm, like, feeling him, I really don't, I've never... Any dude I'm interested in in a class, like, that I, like, see and, like, I'm, like, oh, he's smart, he's attractive, like, you know, he's nice, like, I, I'm interested in him. I've never, ever, and, like, maybe, maybe I'm, like, one of the few, but I've never approached this, like, guys like this, ever. No. And it, it's very, like, throughout this podcast, I think, like, 
a lot of people at several points are going to be like, well, like, I wouldn't consider that sexual assault or, like, I wouldn't consider that weird. But, like, I think you should always look at it, like, with the roles reversed. Like, you should always think, like, how would I feel if a girl did this to a guy? Would that be weird? Mm -hmm. Would that be uncomfortable? And if the answer is yes, then, like, what you're doing is not okay. Girls do not follow, like, for the most part, I mean, I'm sure there are, I've, sure there are girls that do this but largely girls do not follow guys around over and over and over again at like following them from class to class begging them to go out with them that's weird yeah but for you guys it's like and no one says anything either like i'm sure people have noticed like this dude is following you after class after class after class yeah yeah no one says anything such an uncomfy situation yeah so, okay, so the next one, this first one is, uh, the person who sexually assaulted me still attends UNL. While I'm not afraid he'll assault me in broad daylight, my stomach chur- still churns and my knees go weak when I see him. I know I'm safe in the crowds of campus, but for a split second, I panic. Which is fair. I recently saw someone that I had a very bad experience with, which I will go into the last episode. But when I saw him, like, I just kind of froze for a second and I didn't do anything wrong, but it's just seeing him reminded me of like this very uncomfortable feeling I had the night of our experience. And it's just awkward and it sucks. Sometimes circumstances forces you to be around these people that you really don't want to be around. So uh, the next one is my assaulter technically was a UNK student who was visiting for the weekend. So I'm not sure whether he counts as a Nebraska student no <laughs> actually yes i guess because he's from unk but uh, that that also sucks because like you know yeah the first day of german class a random guy sat next to me he seemed pretty nice but pretty quickly i realized he was a little off he always wanted to talk to me and would wait for me every day after class to walk with me back to my dorm room or to my next class he lived near me as well he started DMing me on GroupMe and Instagram, asking me to hang out all the time. I made it very clear I did not want to hang out and that I had a boyfriend. He refused to stop. In class, he always wanted to know what I was doing that week or weekend. He would say stuff to me sometimes that was kind of creepy. He also brought me a Christmas gift at the end of the semester. Oh. I never felt like I was in danger around him, but it was so annoying and I realized it was harassment. However, second semester I was excited because I was switching out of his German class into a different one so I won't have to deal with him anymore. But I showed up to German on the first day of second semester, and he had switched into my class. I now realize I need to take action and report it to the school. That's scary. Yeah. Uh, That is definitely harassment. Just trying to learn some German, man. Yeah. Like, if you're afraid to go to class, like, I've had this where there's a creepy guy in my class, and, like, he's asked me out, like, tons of times, and I'm saying no, no, no. And it's just, like, every day when I went to class, it was just, like, just my heart was just beating so fast because I'm like, I don't want to talk to this guy. I don't want to have to deal with him. And it, like, made my learning environment yeah. unsafe for me. And yeah. I wasn't able to completely focus on class, which I want to be able to do because I'm paying so much for this education. Yeah. So the fact that I felt and that this person felt so uncomfortable, like, that just sucks. I wish people would listen. Also, I wish this girl would say, I'll read us in, motherfucker. <laughs> That's a really bad German accent. Okay. You lived in Germany. <laughs> okay. No need to put, spin this on me, man. Okay. 
And this is the last one, and then we'll go into Malia's stories. So, okay, this last one is, and I made the, I put this one last purposely because I feel like it's super related to what Malia's going to talk about. So this person said, at the rec where I work, we deal with students or faculty that are creepy or take advantage of our position as working for our members. They equate customer service with flirting, or they make uncomfortable jokes and attempt to be nice. Which I feel like happens a lot. Like, I feel yeah. like, I don't know. Sometimes, you know, you really don't need to talk that much. Like, sometimes you just get what you need to get from someone in customer service and you move on. That's yeah. the thing. Like, if you're, if you have a waitress or you're in a coffee shop, like, you give them your order, you tip them, and you move on with your day. Like, it's the same if you work anywhere else. Like, that person is there to do a job, not to appease you, not to flirt with you. I'm like, I guess, like, 100% of those people do not want to flirt with you. Like, they have shit to do. Oh, my gosh. I was a barista for a while, and especially on the later night shifts, the peop- the things people would say when they would come up to you, and it's one thing between uh, for being, like, a friendly regular. Like, I had a lot of those, and then occasionally that friendly regular, for instance, one was this, like, 50-year-old man who used to come in with his kid in the downtown store all the time, and we had, like just running conversation because he was nice and was there all the time. And then one day this man comes without his kid one time and like writes down his phone number and gives it to me and it's like hanging out sometime. And I was, oh God, it was so uncomfortable. And then it was so uncomfortable afterwards to see him all the time because obviously I swerved this 50 year old man and uh it's just not, people don't want that. I guarantee you, if you're thinking like, oh, I think that worker is looking at me like she wants me to flirt with her. She's not. Like, she's, she's trying not. She's trying to get tips or she's trying to do yeah, her job exactly. nicely. I guarantee you I am being nice because I want your money. Mm. Like, that is it. <laughs> I won't say I I'm making conversation with you because I want you to give me that extra two yeah. bucks <laughs> so that I can do fun things with my friends, not because I'm into you. You slut. <laughs> um, okay, so are you ready, Malia? Yeah. Well, I guess, like, on my end of it, not... Like, I work at a... Just an information desk on campus, um, and I don't work for tips at all. So, like, I can understand, like, a guy... Not that I can understand it. It's still not okay. But I could see a guy being more flirty because he thinks, like, you're working for tips or whatever. But, like, I literally work for, like, minimum wage. Like, I don't get any extra money by selling more drinks at this welcome desk. Like, we have a Pepsi cooler. We sell drinks. Otherwise, I literally just tell people where the bathroom is. And, like... People no, ask the dumbest fucking questions. Yeah, people ask me, like, <laughs> the stupidest shit. Um, anyway, I deal with it because that's my job and I'm getting paid for it. But um, at the desk that I work at, like, I'm often alone. Like, you don't need two people to tell people where the bathrooms are. So I'm all alone. And this is in a high-traffic part of campus, just a public place. Um, and it is crazy to me how many guys come up to me and just blatantly flirt with me. Um, I actually had this one guy that this, this is the one that sticks out to me most. Um, I was working a night shift on a Thursday night just about a month ago. Um, this guy came up to me and I sold him his drink. I was like, okay, have a nice night. And he kind of stood there still. And then he goes, what's your name? And I said, well, my name's Malia. And then he reached over (laughs) and shook my hand, which is, like, weird, because this isn't a job where you 
need to like physically touch the person uh-huh. that you're um, doing business with, I guess. Yeah. Um, and at this point, my manager was also sitting with me, and my boss was also sitting behind the desk. So there's three of us there. And they still did that. They still, wow. Yeah. So I was like, okay, a handshake. Like he was a foreigner, so I was like, okay, maybe he's just like this is what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like not put off by it at all, at all. Um, but then he said, Malia, you are very, very beautiful. And just like smiled at me. And I was like, bruh, like, <laughs> what do you want me to say? Uh, like, like, oh, thanks. You made my day. Let's yeah. go on a date right now. Let's get really married. Like, okay. Yes. You can have my hand. <laughs> um, I, you did it. You charmed me. I was like, thank you for that. No, I, so when he said that, I just, I stared at him and I was like, here's your change. <laughs> and then he left and he smiled at me. Like he turned around and smiled as he left. Uh. So I was like, okay, that was super weird. And I was with my boss and my manager and they're both women too. So we were just kind of laughing about it, but also talking about like, that was super uncomfortable. Like, why did he feel the need to say that to me when I'm just sitting here? Also in front of your boss, yeah, yeah. like That's what the like, fuck? One, don't ever flirt with women or comment on their appearance in their place of work or just in general if they don't ask you. But two, like, this guy sucks at context clues. Like, that might yeah. be like they were literally two feet from me. So I'm like, you're, you're such a dumbass. Anyway. And also, okay, so, so side note, I know some people listening might be like, especially men, might be getting defensive and might be like, well, I should be able to compliment whoever the fuck I want. Like, I'm just being nice. We don't care. Like, <laughs> this, We know we look good. We yeah. need you to tell us. Yeah. You should question, instead of questioning us as to why we don't want your compliments, you should question why you're getting upset at the fact that you can't say anything. Like, you can't say whatever you want to say. Like, I think it's better to err on the side of being cautious and not wanting to make someone uncomfortable instead of making sure this dude, this girl you think is hot knows that you think she's hot. hot. Yeah, we don't... I don't need... Some guy that I don't know complimenting my physical appearance. Like, that's creepy. If I want something like that out of you, I will ask you, like, hey, do I look good today? Do you like this outfit? Like, (laughs) no. And then go ahead. Say, yeah, you look good, you know? Yeah, Um, we don't... You don't need to tell us. We don't really care. (laughs) It's just more uncomfortable... I, I like when girls say it because I feel less threatened. But yeah. when a guy says it, I'm just like, I don't ca- I don't want to know that you're thinking of me, like, sexually yeah, I don't right want now. To think about the fact that you're looking at me in any sort of way like that. Because that's just going like, to make me want to, like, yeah. put on a big cardigan. Like, yeah. I'm here to sell you a Mountain Dew, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, that is all this interaction needs to be. It's like, I, I get when guys will say something. Like, if, if you're in a bar, like, a social context where you're there to meet people. But, like... Even then, it's a fine line. But, like, yeah. especially when I'm at my place of work, like, don't don't say that to me. Yes, I step te- off. I'm tethered to this place. It's not like I can walk away if I need to. Like, my job is to be at this desk right now, so I can't mm-hmm. get away from this situation. So just don't. Yeah, well, and that's when it gets worse, too, because the story evolves. Oh, <laughs> um, the next week, I'm working the same Thursday night shift. And I'm all alone this time. My manager isn't here. My boss isn't here. I'm just completely alone at this um, information desk. And it happens to be Valentine's Day. So I had plans actually to go hang out with Sophie after my shift. We were just going to, like, have a fun girls' night because fuck men. Yeah. And we were both single, sad little humans. (laughs) Not sad, just single. (laughs) We love. So I have plans. Um, And this guy, oh, I forgot to mention. When he told me his name, he said... My name is Prince Catan. Uh-huh. So I'm like... Royalty. I know. I was like, ooh, not 
he said that to impress me, if he's really a prince and I, like, missed my shot, like, he's been heirs to an oil industry or something. Um, but anyway, so he says his name is Prince, which I just think is kind of funny. Um, so the artist formerly known as Prince. <laughs> um, so it's Valentine's Day. It's, like, 8.30 at night or something. So the place I work is pretty dead because it's Valentine's Day. Um, this guy comes up to me again, and I recognize him immediately, and I'm like, okay, like, here we go. The prince is back. The prince (laughs) is back indeed. (laughs) So he grabs, like, another Mountain Dew or whatever, and I sell it to him, and he says, do you remember me? I'm like, I remember him, but I'm like, no. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, I was here last week, and I talked to you. I was like, oh, like, I was like, I talked to so many people here, I don't remember, because I don't need to make him feel special. Yeah. Yeah engraved thing on my mind yeah like he made me feel uncomfy mm-hmm. um and he he goes what's your name again I tell him my name's Malia and he goes well what do you study and I tell him what I study what are your hobbies I tell him my hobbies where do you like to hang out I make something up because I don't want him to follow me <laughs> like and it just goes on for like five minutes and I'm getting to the point where like I know that I can leave this desk physically like there's a back room that I can go into if I feel unsafe and say like Oh, I have to stop the coolers, like, have a nice night. Um, but I don't feel, like, unsafe at this point, just super uncomfortable. Um, but I, I told myself, like, if he asks, like, one more question, I'm just going to tell him, like, hi, like, I'm actually here to work. Like, I don't really like to discuss my personal life, so, like, have a good night, whatever. Um, but before I can, like, tell him to stop talking to me, he, um, he says, do you have any plans tonight? Ugh. And I said, or he said, what time do you get off? And I was like, oh, like, pretty soon, which I probably should have just said I'm staying forever. (laughs) Also, I shouldn't have to lie to, like, avoid something. So I told him, getting off pretty soon. And he says, well, do you have a Valentine? And I don't have a Valentine. I'm single. But I was like, yeah, like, I'm hanging (laughs) out with all my friends tonight. Like, making it very apparent that I have plans and I don't want to hang out with him. Um, And I'll add to this conversation that this whole time he's talking to me, like, I can be on my laptop at work, so I was kind of just, like, staring at my laptop, giving him one word of answers, like, very obviously physically not interested in a conversation with him. Um, but then he asks me, will you go out with me another night? Like, do you want to go on a date with me? And I just said, no. And he was like, are <laughs> yes. you, he was like, are you sure? And I was like, yes, have a good night. And then, like, luckily, he walked away, like, he smiled and said nice to me, and he walked away, and I haven't seen him since. So he handled it, like, a lot better than other guys that I, this has happened with that, like, keep asking me, like, are you sure? Like, why? Like, yeah. but, like, maybe another time. But it just, like, made me feel so unsettled because I'm, like, I'm behind this desk. Like, he knows that this is my job to talk to people. He knows that I can't just say, like, fuck off and walk away because he knows, like, like you said, Mike, I am tethered <laughs> at the desk. You know, I can't leave. Um, so it just... It, it is just so problematic, that, and I talked to a lot of my friends about it who are waitresses or people that work at desks otherwise, because men know that, like, you have to sit there, and you have to listen to them, and you have to have a smile on your face because that's customer service. Mm-hmm. So it's such a hard line for me to draw between what's customer service and service with a smile and providing a good experience, and, like, at what point can I say, like, leave me alone? Yeah. So I've been talking, like, luckily my place of work is really good about it. I talked to my boss about all this. Um, because people come up to me and this happens a lot, like that people will say things to me or compliment. Like one guy walked from all the way across the room. Um, he walked over to me to just say, um, you look really tired today, hun. 
Yeah. Ew. Like, oh, don't call me hun. Yeah. Also, I'm freshly showered with three <laughs> hours of sleep, so fuck you. Yeah, <laughs> I am hot. not tired. Once again, don't comment on my fucking appearance. Yeah. I was like, leave me alone, whether I'm hot or not. Like, especially don't tell me if I look ugly. Yeah. Like, oh, uh, I used to work. I used to work at this movie theater downtown, and. So, like towards the end of that job, my soul was gone. Anytime I would walk through the doors of the theater, and uh, I just like I stopped giving a shit about customer service. Like I would not smile at people. I'd just be like, "Here's your ticket." <laughs> like did not give a shit. And so many men after like after I was just like over it, um, and it was like stop like stopped being like, "Hi, how are you?" Like <laughs> just started started being my normal grouchy self um so many men constantly were like you need to smile more it really make your it really makes you look prettier and i'd always be like i'll keep that in mind yeah. <laughs> like, oh i fuck had no you. idea thanks for enlightening me oh my god oh I my god take that information and run with it i can look prettier okay <laughs> they just you the stranger <laughs> like, yeah two more seconds we're gonna interact you know? yeah like fuck off man i don't care yeah it's just like I don't know, because and guys have said to me before, like they've made that's what she said jokes to me because I tell them, you know, with the new credit cards, you have to like insert the chip. Yeah. So I tell them, I'm like, you can insert your card, and it, this has happened to me a couple times where they say like, that's what she said. <laughs> oh, you're kidding. And I just, I just dead, I just deadpan and I stare at them, and one guy like kind of cowered once and made me feel really powerful. <laughs> she was like, oh my god, I'm so sorry, and I just like rolled my eyes at him and was like. Bye. That's what yeah. she said. Jokes are only okay with your friends. Yeah. Remember that. <laughs> Anybody else, it's weird. Just, I, uh, did you seriously just say that? But just like, I don't know. And when I talk to my female coworkers who work the same job, like they all say, there's two or three guys that always frequent here that always talk to the women, and we all know who they are. But I brought it up in our team meeting once, and we have four or five guys that work at the same desk, and they're like, that never happens. It's like women don't go up. I mean women at my place of work don't go up to men working and say, ooh, you look super hot. Hey, you want to go out with me? Like, this is only happening to women. Hey, dude, you need to smile more and really make you look better. Yeah. So, yeah, that's just something that's been happening in my life. And I, it's just, like, why? Like, I didn't ask you. It all comes back to, like, I didn't ask you for this. This person, like, I have a job to do. Yeah. Leave me alone. It's just so unnecessary. Like, it would be so simple for those men to just fucking not. Yeah. Like, just buy your Mountain Dew, say thank you, and leave. Mm-hmm. Like, it's that simple. Yeah. And it saves so much discomfort for whatever woman is working at that time. Like, just fucking don't. Yeah. Uh. Um, Malia, weren't you also followed by people in classes? Yeah, I, not, I, I, that I know of, I've never been followed off like around campus but it makes like when we've been talking about this it made me think of this one guy in one of my classes um this was towards the end of the semester there was maybe like four weeks left and I sat in the front of class this guy sat in the back and one day after a test he was waiting outside the doors um and he blocked the doorway I was like the last one leaving and he's like hey I like see you in class all the time I think you're super beautiful and I'm like, I've never seen your face, which means you've never seen my face, which means you're going off my hair, and which is, like, really creepy that yeah. you're just, like, all semester, you've been, like, falling in love with the back of my head. <laughs> Poetic. Um, I was like, this is gross. And then I was like, haha, like, I have somewhere to be, excuse me. Um, and he, like, didn't move. Um, and 
he just said like I want to get to know you better will you get coffee with me and I said no thank you I don't I don't like to get coffee with strangers but like have a nice day and he said are you sure and I said yes have a nice day and he had um his phone pulled up with a contact thing with my name in it oh okay that's fucking creepy like I did not tell you my name I bet he like would pay like did that like our canvas page yeah and every girl's name until he found whatever looked like the back of my head. Yeah, that's probably what he did. Um, And he put in, I put, I put my phone number in his phone because he shoved it in my face. And at this point I was feeling like super uncomfortable, like something bad was going to happen. And like he ended up texting me and I ended up just saying like, please leave me alone. Like, I don't want this. But this is what I was talking about. Like, I just didn't want to go to class and I couldn't concentrate after this. But it makes me wonder like if he ever followed me after class. Yeah, just, like, watch. I mean, he went through the extent of finding out, like, your name. Men do that all the time, though, where, like, they ask you, like, can I have your number? Can we hang out? Can we get a drink or something? And you're always so proud of yourself for having the balls to be, like, no, no, like, no, thank you. I'm not interested. Like, try to get on your way. And they do that thing where they force your phone with their little contact thing in your face. And there have been so many times where... I've been in that situation, and God bless both my sisters. They have really similar phone numbers to me, so I automatically, like, panic type one of their phone numbers. <laughs> wow. Number, they have to get these texts from strange men once in a while, and they text our family group message, and they're like, who the fuck is this? Yeah. Does anyone know? And well, I, I've had friends, too, that um, this has happened at the desk to a female coworker where a guy asked for her phone number, and she gave him the wrong phone number. Like, obviously, she didn't want him to have her phone number. And he said, okay, let me just call it quick to make sure it works. Oh, Like, if you're a guy out there, and, like, even if you're at a bar, like, where you're in a social setting, do not call the number right then and there. Because, like, there's a reason she gave you a fake number. Yeah. She wants to avoid confrontation and not ever talk to you again. And that is not... I feel like some women get shit on for trying to avoid that confrontation. Like, yeah, I wish that it were really easy to just be, like, no... But like, it's not. But it's not. And sometimes you have to do something like that to avoid a situation. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And I don't think people should be criticized for that. Yeah. I, I think it's interesting also, like, how if you give someone an inch, they take, like, a fucking mile. Like, uh, I met this one dude on Tinder and, like, three minutes into meeting him, I was like, absolutely not. Like, I will never, like, I will never date him. I will never sleep with him. Nothing is ever going to come from this situation. Um, so then he leaves. I, like, shepherd him out as quickly as possible. And then he texts me. Uh, and he was like, I think you are so beautiful. And I was like, eh, I'm not that interested. <laughs> he was like, we can just hook up. And I was like, I don't want to hook up. And he was like, he could just be like a one-night thing. And I was like, nope. <laughs> and then, um, so then finally he dropped it. But then, like periodically like once in a blue moon he'll just like send me pictures of him like drinking like hennessy and be like come over and i'm like what the fuck (laughs) not then not now not ever like i me just like being nice and like not saying outright like it's never gonna fucking happen he he takes as a like let me keep trying until eventually she'll just give in well it's like I've been talking about this with another female boss of mine at a different job I have, but she has been in the business world a long time, and she told me that, like, if you, and I've experienced this, too, where if you smile 
at a man like he mistakes it for flirting if Mm -hmm. you laugh at his joke just to be polite he mistakes it for flirting and he wants something more so in order for them to know that you don't want that that you don't want it to go in that direction at all you have to be stoic you have to be um just strong with your words but then you're viewed as aggressive or you're Mm -hmm. viewed as a bitch because you don't want to have a good conversation so it's like you're either gonna put yourself through this or you're gonna be a bitch you know yeah and And it's it's like it's not that those are the two options yeah because it's just it's not fair not and also just like kind of thinking about like how men handle being rejected like uh mike and i have been talking about this this weekend for (laughs) semi-related reasons um to put it quickly and bluntly mike has recently gone through a breakup (laughs) last night i mean he's a nice guy so sorry (laughs) (laughs) yeah i if you overhear this sorry (laughs) sorry dude Maybe he won't know who you are, though. I'm not taking it as lightly as it sounds like on this podcast, but yeah, go ahead. <laughs> so, uh, the breakup aside, we're talking about, like, how societally, societally, <laughs> um, nice. you can't just, like, break up with someone, like, via text anymore. But I think that's almost, like, particularly with girls, like, with guys, like, if I'm dating a guy and he texts me and, and uh, he's like, it's over, I feel like like society sees that as like funny like shitty nonetheless but like funny yeah but with girls it's not funny at all it's just like wow she's a cold-hearted bitch and like at least tell me in person yeah like what would you have yeah not that i texted this person in this breakup that i just went through no 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 yeah <laughs> yeah it just it just like prompted us talking about yeah. this but like i think that's interesting i think it's interesting that when it comes to rejection like men take it so much harder and then they have all these rules that we have to abide by in order to say no to them like i th- I think that's bullshit i think you should be able to end anything whether it's a relationship or if it's like a long encounter with someone that you really don't want to be talking to while you're at your place of work like i feel like it should just be you should accept it and move on. And a lot of times they take it as a challenge, too. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't like you, then they think, okay, well, how can I make you like me? Yeah. Or, like, what can I do mm-hmm. to make you like me, to make you want to go out with me? And it's like, again, bruh. Like, just no. Just... Which is almost more off-putting to me. Yeah. yeah. You know? Absolutely. It's like, if I say no, the most attractive thing you can do is walk away. Yeah. yeah. And, like, honestly, the t- like the the times where I've interacted with a dude and I've said no and he's taken it really well, like, that is what makes me second-guess myself. Not the times where I break things off and then he freaks the fuck out and, like, is like, please, like, I'll do anything. Like, that is... I'm like, eh. Yeah. This is weird. Or, like, if I... If a dude that I don't know asks for something and I say no, he handles it well, I'm like, maybe I evaluated him incorrectly well that's what i thought with the prints of the desk yeah <laughs> my information desk i was like oh he like said nice to meet you he handled it really well like maybe he was a nice guy and i'm like well i shouldn't give him that just because he did the like, bare, the bare minimum, minimum you know? <laughs> also yeah that's that's a good point too like <laughs> the bar is on the ground <laughs> yeah like the fact that if you don't act like a little bitch when you get a no like that's what makes me be like oh maybe (laughs) maybe that that's my best option (laughs) so the this is um not a story but just like so at the end of the survey i asked people like what's one like 
how do you think your life has changed since your like sexual assault or sexual harassment experiences? And this one person said, to share my opinion, I'm not sure most people who aren't college-aged women or those who identify as women know what it's like to just live your life with this constant fear of being assaulted. Maybe our mothers do, and they just don't anymore or don't talk about it. Or to have all of your friends' locations turned on as a safety precaution. Or to consistently make phone calls while walking home alone in the dark. It's the small things that are usually unspoken about. Also, just when you start to feel safe, something happens, whether that be something horrible or even just a slap on the ass, and then you're reminded to keep your precautionary measures and all in place. Uh, which I think is, like, a very well-written, like, summary. Um, I remember one of my ex-boyfriends, we were walking home alone, or we were walking home alone. We were walking home together, and... Um, like, we lived on campus at the time, and we were, like, around the downtown area. There was this dude that was following us for a really long time, and I said something, and he was like, I had no idea. I didn't notice this at all. In conclusion, fucking learn some social cues, man. Yeah. Like, literally, it's, context, it's all context clues. Like, this guy talking to me at the desk, I wasn't asking him any questions. I wasn't giving him any nonverbal feedback. I was giving him one-worded answers never making eye contact like it's that easy yeah and i feel like men try to make it sound like when i've talked to guys about this and even when i've talked to some other girls about this a lot of people pretty are pretty quick to say like oh well you didn't explicitly say like go away now but i feel like it's not unreasonable to expect people to just take some social cues like responding with one word answers like Trying to get out of the conversation, like, not making any eye contact, keep maintaining focus on whatever it was you were actually doing. Like, it's not unreasonable to expect people to be able to uh, translate that. Yeah. Well, if you're that fucking dumb that you explicitly need someone to say, I don't want to talk to you anymore, like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Don't interact with people then. Well, and if you see, like, if you're out with your friends, or even if it's a stranger that you see, and they look uncomfortable, they look like they're being overpowered, or you know your friends best, and you know that they're not into this conversation, like, step in, and I don't want to say that women have to be rescued, but, like, rescue her, like, help her get out of it. Like, be that friend that, like, steers the conversation in a different direction, Mm -hmm. you know? Or, like, be the person that comes up and says, like, oh, Hannah, I need you to come over and talk to me about something really fast. And you yeah. get them out of this. Like, just if you see someone panicking, I feel like the help me eyes are a pretty common thing. Yeah. I've given those to my friends, including Sophia, before, and they know what it means. <laughs> I remember specifically, I was at a bar one time. This dude that I had never met in my life was having this long ass conversation with me. One of my guy friends saw me panicking, came over, put his arm around me, and was like, hey, dear, how's it going, or something like that, like, mm-hmm. making it clear, like, don't, like, stop fucking talking to her, like, and people, so people do do that stuff a lot, but you gotta be on the lookout, look out. Look out. Do do. <laughs> I was literally thinking that, but I didn't want to say it. <laughs> and now that's recorded forever. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I was listening to, like, if, if we've been talking about, like, walking home alone at night and how that, for so many women, is so uncomfortable and you feel so unsafe, Like, if you're a guy that happens to be walking home and you're not planning on doing, like, you're planning on doing nothing harmless, like, you're literally just walking back to your dorm or your house, 
um, and you happen to be walking behind a woman, um, whether you're really close or really far, like, there's a good chance she knows you're there and she's super uncomfortable. It's like, cross over to the other side of the street so she knows that, like, you're not there to do anything to her. Like, I've I've walked before, um, like, home, like, at midnight, like, just to the parking garage so I could drive home, um, and there was some guy probably 15 or 20 feet behind me, um, and I kept looking back at him um, because I was just nervous that he was going to do something. Um, and he crossed over the street, and while he was crossing, um, I looked back, and I saw him crossing, and he waved at me and said, I just don't want to make you feel uncomfortable, so I'm going to cross over. Oh, that's great. And I was like, that is... I love that. I love that. Like, that made me feel so safe, and I just yelled at him, like, thank you so much. Like, have a good night. Yeah. Oh, it's just like... It's it such sucks, a nice Yeah, and, like, men shouldn't have to go out of their ways, but, like, that's the point where we are, where, like, yeah... You know, I, w- I was thinking that, but also, like, fuck that. Like, y- men have systematically oppressed women for so many years. Like, I'm sorry if you crossing a street is, like, the only thing we're asking you to do to make us feel yeah. a little bit more comfortable. Yeah. Cry me a river. Like, just cross the damn street. Like, that's a really nice thing to do. Yeah. And it really does make the world a difference. Yeah. Anytime I'm walking alone, and especially at night, there's some dude behind me. 100% of the time, I'm thinking, what can I do to, like, walk a different myself. route? Yeah. What can I do if this guy, like, catches up to me and tries to do something? Like, that's what's on my mind, no doubt. Yeah, or, like, if you're, like, I talked about being there and being there for your friends to help them out of uncomfortable situations. Like, if you're a guy that's in a group of your guy friends and you see one of your friends is, like, being super funky to some mm-hmm. girl or, like, he keeps cornering her, like... Pull him off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pull him off and like tell him to stop. Yeah, I I think um, I think women should always take as many precautions as they can. Like and like I know we shouldn't have to, but like like realistically, you're gonna have to just in order to keep yourself safe because you can't trust everyone. But I also think like men should start being held a lot more accountable for each other too. Like. If it's my job to watch and make sure that my friend isn't too blacked out to bring a dude home, it's your job to make sure that your friend isn't, like, too fucked up to realize, like, oh, this girl doesn't want to be around him, and, like, he won't stop because he's fucked up. Like, you can't let him take her home. Yeah. You know? You're complicit. Like, if you're complicit, you're just as bad. If you yeah. see that shit happening, and you're, like, I feel like a lot of the time the reaction is, oh, haha, yeah, like, fuck yeah, Kyle, like, Go get her. No. <laughs> Fuck you, Kyle. You tell Kyle. Fuck you, Kyle. Back off. That girl's having a nice time with her friends. If she's not making it clear that she's interested in you, tell Kyle to get the fuck back over yeah. here. Kyle, put it in your pants. She's clearly trashed. Enough. Yeah. It's that easy. Uh, moral of the story. Kyle, stop. Stop <laughs> it, Kyle. Jesus. <laughs> Enough out of you. Um... Uh, anything else you guys can think of? <laughs> I'm worked up now, but no. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, just, like, be aware of, like, context clues. It's all nonverbal. Yeah. It's not that hard to not be an idiot. It's not that hard to not be an asshole. Yeah. If you think, like, this is uncomfy, it's uncomfy. Yeah. No means no, but also several other things also mean no. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you really shouldn't need a girl to explicitly tell you, I don't want to talk to you anymore. I don't want to date you. Leave me alone for you to stop. Like, if she's not into it, back off. If she's at her place of work, don't even fucking approach her that way. Just let her do her job and move on. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, 
next time we're going to start talking about all of the situations that do involve people you do know, um, which like Stranger Danger, obviously. (laughs) Stranger Danger is uh, scary because like, you can't at all gauge what a stranger is going to do to you and like you have no control and like you have no idea what the fuck this person's mental state is at but uh next time we'll start talking about people we do know which honestly like can be more fucked up because you know it's someone you know and probably trust uh at least with strangers you know you don't have that element of trust yeah but nonetheless just because you're a stranger doesn't mean you should put us in danger. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> see you with four to four. Bye. Bye. For more information or questions about the podcast, the survey, or statistics given in the show, please email four out of four podcast at gmail.com. All fours being digits. If you or a loved one has been sexually assaulted or harassed, and want help, please call 800-656-HOPE, 800-656-4673 for the National Sexual Assault Telephone Hotline. If you or a loved one is suicidal as a result of abuse, please call 1-800-273-8255 for the National Suicide Prevention Hotline. Please look into contacting experts around your area for any emotional, psychological, or physical trauma. The music is from freearchive.org, and our theme is Kumikus Un Desert. Finally, I'd like to thank the University of Nebraska-Lincoln College of Journalism for allowing me the resources needed to record, edit, and produce this podcast. Thank you to all the guests on the show who talk with me throughout the season. Candy, Crystal, Malio, Michael Skarn, Reginald, and most importantly, my co-host, Michael Hunt. You know who you are. Thank you to the respondents of my survey for trusting me with your stories and allowing me to tell them for this podcast. And thank you for listening. See you next time to talk about what I like to call Stranger Danger.